Hello and welcome to our latest Made in Britain podcast and once again we're staying on the subject of Brexit. Specifically, this time, we're going to look at whether there's much or anything to be gained from the UK diverging its regulations from the EU's. That was sold as one of the big benefits of Brexit. The UK could cut red tape, abolish pointless regulations and become a leaner, meaner and therefore more profitable economy in which to do business. But funnily enough, much of British industry is not that keen on the idea. And to find out why, I've been talking to Make UK's expert on environmental policy, Bridget Amoruso, about one particular area. The chemical industry and the EU's wide-ranging and comprehensive regulations covering that sector, known as REACH. REACH is the uh, Registration, Evaluation, Authorisation of Chemicals. Uh, in the EU and it was set up back in 2007. It's a very robust and complicated uh, legislation which uh, requires chemical um, manufacturers, producers and users and distributors to actually register chemicals on the EU market before they can actually market. And I suppose there's a clue in the title that they have to be researched and evaluated and assessed as well. Yes, yeah, so first comes uh, the step of registration where they have um, a set of um, standard requirements and then uh, the um, European Chemicals um, Agency, ECHA, uh, can pick some of them a little bit randomly sometimes and start to evaluate them in a much more uh, detailed manner. So then it can become quite, uh, well, very burdensome as well. And, and the rationale uh, yes. was environmental and uh, human health, um, so that you could tell what chemicals were going in things, whether they were dangerous, whether they would work together, and etc. Yes, so they, they wanted to actually sieve out, if you want, the substances of very high concern, which are a subset of all the chemicals. And so gain information that was really the main aim of REACH to start with. So it was to gain information on all chemical substances and then from that information they would be able to sieve out the um, chemicals uh, or substances of, of high concern. And on those they planned to do a, a substantial um, evaluation and actually eliminate them potentially from the market. Now, I'll, I'll tell you a little story, story, which was the day after the Brexit referendum. Um, everyone was searching around for companies which had actually been in favour of mm-hmm. leaving. And I thought, well, I'll call up the Chemical Industries Association because they f- famously hated mm-hmm. REACH when it was first introduced. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you must be very glad that we're leaving now. And they said, mm-hmm. no, it's fantastic. We love it. So why did it go from being really expensive and controversial yeah. to something that industry actually yeah. wants? So for the registration part, which was the first phase of REACH, That happened in three phases, and the last phase ended in 2018. So now all the chemicals have been registered on the EU market. So that phase is done. So most of the manufacturers, users would have uh, finished their work. Of course, then the benefit of doing that means that it makes trade easy, actually, because the products with these chemical substances in them are, or the chemical substances themselves are actually safe to use. 
So it's, it's not just the chemicals, it's products that contain chemicals as well? It can be as well, exactly, yes. And everybody knows what every chemical does and whether it's safe. So presumably you just go onto the REACH website if you want to buy something and check that it's safe and registered and, and, and you can use it safely. And you should be able, exactly, to uh, import it and uh, so on. So, so long as you can show that you're, or confirm that your product uh, meets the same requirements. And so, once we leave the uh, EU, are we going to stay part of REACH? DEFRA has actually uh, decided to transpose directly um, this uh, regulation and many other environmental regulations, most of them actually, uh, into UK law directly. For now, they're keeping it as is, but there are some areas in REACH where um, things were very burdensome, particularly authorization, for example, which is was very much questioned and actually caused teething problems in the EU itself. So that part, where, which is uh, where they look into more details into some substances of very high concern in order to eliminate them, substitute them <coughs> from the market. That part was very contested, both in the EU and um, by companies in the EU and in the UK. So I think in future, I believe that it is possible that the UK government would do something different with um, authorization. They might say take the opportunity to give firms much longer to replace chemicals or say yes. that there's a different list of really dangerous ones and we're not we're taking this one off it. Possibly, exactly. So some some could be banned indeed, um, <clears throat> but um, indeed particularly for certain sectors where the life cycles are very long or the testing and the validation methods um, um, are extremely long, like in aerospace, for example, you have at least 10 years of testing and, and more before you can even uh, put the substance on a plane <laughs> because of passenger safety. You have to be absolutely certain of what you're doing. So in those instances, um, then yes, you could envisage much longer authorization um, periods. Yes. And would that give British industry an advantage? That's the, a good question because if uh, particularly, well, I'm just taking the example of um, aerospace. I don't want to speak for them, but I can imagine that it's international completely, so they would need to comply to the international rules, um, including the EU rules. So I don't know if um, suddenly they had uh, longer registration or authorization periods. Uh, how that will work with the EU. So, frankly, um, I'm not completely sure how the UK uh, government would do that, but they could find a way. <laughs> but that that's the, the, the only real advantage you can see in this, that there might be more time or less substitution for, for chemical companies in the UK. Yes, that's correct, yes. So, actually, for British industry, it's gone from having to belong to one database, which is REACH, which yes. is based in Helsinki, yes. to having to belong to two. In fact, yes, because the UK will have to have its own registration office or yeah, database, indeed, and system, in fact. So they will have to have a REACH UK. We'll, we'll call it breach, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, happens, what would happen in future if, say, the British version of REACH became less regulated didn't follow the same standards as the EU. Would it be recognised by the EU or would you still have to follow the EU standards to sell in the EU? No, you would certainly have to follow the EU uh, requirements and meet the EU requirements. So I 
don't see how it would really be possible for British products did not meet the standards to be um, exported and imported into the EU. And so let's look at this from the kind of from the, in the future. This big argument that we could have different standards, maybe lower standards, less red tape, would mean that a company could produce something to a lower standard but only be able to sell it in the UK and then have to produce another version for sale in the EU. Do you, th- do you think they're seriously going to do that? Uh, well, that would be very counterproductive in my opinion, <laughs> but I don't think that the companies would want to do this. And uh, there has been a very strong unity, I believe, within the chemical um, industry, at least to um, to say that they want to follow the REACH rules and, and requirements and standards. And presumably that's on two grounds. One, if you go for the higher level of regulation and standards, then you automatically pass the lower one. Yes. And secondly, it's really expensive to make two things ex- well, exactly the same but by a different yes. process. So exactly. So it doesn't make sense, really. You should, uh, especially for those who know they will export. Obviously, if some company doesn't know they want to export to EU at first, well, then maybe they might start with the lower standards and they would have to upgrade, which would be very costly, in my opinion. If a British firm um, exports to the EU and wants to use REACH, do they have to pay REACH as an outsider to check stuff or is it is it just available for anybody who wants to sell within the EU? They would become an importer. And so, as such, they would have then to uh, set up either um, a registrant or an only representative. Uh, rather, it's, it's an only representative in uh, Europe, which would represent them. And they would be able to export through that channel only. And they would have to be able to guarantee that their supply chain um, meets the requirements um, in order to um, import into the EU. Do, do, do you think this is an example that people not involved in chemicals should listen to? Because it's going to apply to lots of industries that think, well, I'm just going to have to do it the EU's way anyway, because they're the biggest player in the room. Well, yes, certainly it would apply to um, things like uh, agrochemicals, who have their own rules and regulations, and also the medicines, uh, who ha- would have to abide by the um, EMEA, uh, European Medicines Agency, uh, rules as well and requirements and standards so it would be the same thing yes definitely so in general in general so this is the example for reach but in general the whole of the environmental legislation would follow the same uh, rules uh, yeah and be and it has been transposed directly for those reasons into british yeah into uk law directly yes the eu being a kind of leader in this kind of regulation yes. and so on does that mean that the standards it sets are accepted around the world or in other jurisdictions as well? And therefore, if you meet EU standards, there's a kind of quid pro quo you can sell anywhere? Yes, basically that's it. I mean, there may, there may there are some different um, specificities, for example, for the US or some other countries um, in, in, in Asia, but... Um, the EU has very high standards, so you're nearly there or you're there. You just have to do a couple of additional tests, perhaps, for different regions, but that's uh, you've, you've done your job very well if you, you comply to the EU, yes. Bridget Amoruso on REACH and why, to a very large degree, British industry is likely to continue to use EU regulations in the future. A big thank you to Bridget for sharing her expertise and to you for listening. I'll be back soon with another Made in Britain podcast.